What do you do? Okay, let's just say you're doing arbitrage, right? Most of the leases are a year. Right. How do you get around that? Because you spend all this time and money furnishing it. Yeah. Like, and then they're like, yeah, you know what? Yeah. We don't want you. How does yeah. that play out? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, that can definitely happen, right? Somebody might want to sell their property. They want to move back in or they want to do something else. Um, there's also a lot of landlords, right? Being a landlord uh, yourself, maybe you can agree that once a lease is over, you don't want to have to do some, you know, renovations, take it off, you know, off the rental market, put it back on the rental market, miss out on one or two mortgage payments. So for us, as long as we've take care, taken care of the property, had a great relationship with the neighbors, we've renewed like 100% of our leases since we started the arbitrage side three years ago. And so that's worked out really good. And a lot of times these landlords, they do want to secure a two-year lease or a three-year lease just because they want to secure their tenants too. So I think there's always going to be both sides. Some people that maybe want to sell, some right. people that want to just continue. And I think it's just going to be a numbers game like all real estate. Yeah, I was just wondering if maybe you were wanting to sign two, three-year leases just because you're putting all the furniture right. and all this into it. I would, absolutely. And I have done it before. And um, I think it's better. You don't want to... It's obviously a lot of work when you're launching an Airbnb, especially when you're getting started and you're like that nine to fiver and you don't have a ton of money to have somebody just launch it. Like I, I literally will find the property and my team will do everything all the way to listing it for me. But for people who are just getting started, they often launch it themselves. It's a lot of work. It could take seven days, 10 days to launch an Airbnb. You don't want to take it off the market after um, a year. So renewing I, would definitely be the goal. I've launched almost all my Airbnbs. I mean, this was years ago. I haven't started yeah. a new Airbnb in a while. Um, but it was like, yeah, my wife and I literally drove to Big Bear from yeah. Vegas with uh, wow. a cart full of furniture because Big Bear doesn't really have... right furniture stores is very remote. So I would buy everything in Vegas. We went to RC Willie, shout out to RC Willie. They should sponsor this by the way. Um, <laughs> and I would go, we would just bring up this truck full of stuff crazy. and we would furnish it for a weekend and yeah, everyone she furnished and, um, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work, dude. <laughs> it's a lot of work. It's a lot of money. Yeah. That's how it was when we launched our first, maybe eight, man, my wife did all the decor. She would go to a home goods, all the stores and man, it was a lot of work. Once you started having kids, it was like, man, she can't do it anymore. So I just started hiring somebody. So now my team will like create the Excel document with the furniture, appliances, the core supplies, or order it, put everything inside, be there when it gets assembled, be there for, t for the photography, and then literally create the listing. So it costs more money, but I rather, you know, buy other people's time. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, actually, I take that back. You know, we did furnish one recently that I was going to flip in Big Bear. It, speaking of regulations, this property took two years to get renovated because of the city flagged it. Then all mm -hmm. like good during COVID, they don't allow you to get permits and all this stuff. It just took forever. And then finally I listed it and it was sitting on the market. I said, you know what? I'm just going to keep it. There's no, right. oh, actually, you know what happened? Cause big bear likes to play games with me and we're both, <laughs> we're both like, it's just this thing. I've been told many times like, dude, you're like literally public enemy. Number one on big bears, They've known you for like yeah. five years, right? Well, and I just talk about it all the time and they get pissed because it's just bringing more people to the market. But they've, they've got a wanted poster somewhere. <laughs> and basically what happened was um, they, they made the new rule saying, hey, you can't, um, you know, apply for any more permits. Like what, it's going to be one, one permit per person. It wasn't just for me, but it was just like one, in, one permit per investor. And so, and, and they said everything that anyone's got to this point is grandfathered in. So I already had all mine, 
right? So I was like, oh, well, I guess I have to sell. There's, I can't. Right. And we had applied for a permit before that rule and nothing ever happened with it. I was like, crap. Well, if you know, Big Bear is um, seasonal. So the winters are what crushes it. And so unfortunately, I couldn't take advantage of the winter. I would have probably made like freaking a lot of money. Yeah. And uh, we it sits through the winter. My listing doesn't sell for what I wanted to sell for and everything. Well, around freaking March, I get this email from Big Bear and they're like, oh, you know what? Um, because you did the permit before we said that, you can actually still get it. Hmm. And I'm like, okay, you didn't want to tell me this seven months ago before the winter when I would have made, uh, you know, $100,000. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> so Crazy. that's, yeah, that's what I deal with. But anyways, um, I don't even know why I told that story. Oh, the reason I told that story was because once they said we could do it, we applied and I, I was like, I'm not going back up there to right. furnish that thing. So I sent someone else and there you go. It's good. That's the way to do it. Just delegate it. I haven't, I don't even know what my big bear or my Airbnbs are making. I'm going to look it up while we talk. Yeah. I haven't look looked in a long time. That'd be interesting to see. You have somebody out there who manages them local. No, not even local. My um, property manager here in Vegas, I trained her how to do it back okay. years ago and nice. she just crushes it. And now nice. she does, um, <laughs> management for all my people out there, like in Joshua Tree and Big Bear. Yeah, She's nice. got her own like management gig there going really go. nice. That's awesome. Actually, speaking of management gigs, um, what do you think about that? Like what, yeah. what about just managing other people? So you're not putting up the capital. Yeah. I think that's, you know, there's, there's really three ways, right? Of course you could buy them. You could do the arbitrage model, or you could just start a management side. And I think that's a great way for someone that maybe doesn't have their own capital to get started. Uh, so like, let's say I don't have any money and you have the money. So you start the Airbnb. I manage it for you. Maybe I charge 10, 15, 25, 30, whatever we arrange 20% of the mm -hmm. gross revenue. If the property is making 10K gross and I make 20%, hey, that's 2K a year, 25, uh, 2K a month, 24K a year. So I think it's a great way, right? It's just about finding creative ways to, you know, get your feet wet, get started. And then you can reinvest your own money to just get into arbitrage or purchasing. So I think it could be a great gig for someone just starting out. Yeah. Corporate bookings and they all come through Airbnb because that's where all the inventory is, right? That's where the majority of the market share is. So again, I think just putting it on Airbnb, I think that the best marketing to do for Airbnb is having a marketable property in a great location. Your property is in a great location. It's marketable. And I think you will attract those bookings through the Airbnb platform. Now, there is websites like corporatehousing.com, um, which is for corporate bookings. And then there's Furnished Finder, which attracts nurses who are traveling for work. And there's a ton of them out there. And I think it'd be great to get your assistant to put them on all the platforms and just manually adjust the calendars and block whenever it gets booked somewhere else. But but from yeah. what you're saying, it's like Airbnb is enough. It will just get all those people. It has way. been for me. I don't have websites. I don't have a, so, like a, I don't do any social media for the Airbnbs. It's just, I feel that having a marketable property in a great location is the best marketing. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to get better tenants too. Absolutely. In those ones, you know, yeah. like people are going there for one night to party. It's like, and yeah, I want to live here for the next 30, 60 days. Yeah. The people who are paying 12K to stay for a month, they're not going to not take care of your property. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, you're attracting more affluent people. Well, and it just makes the management way easier. Absolutely. You don't have to do so cleanings. Turnover. Yeah. So it could be that perfect hybrid model between short-term and long-term. Yeah. 
Then whenever you have some vacancy on some of these multifamily deals, you could test out this corporate model for 30 day plus two. Yeah, it's true. But if you own the entire apartment, right? Like who makes the rules? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've actually had um, people say that with just different deals, you know, you know, it's, it's harder with a giant complex to do this, but like, yeah, you know, it's going to be, I'm buying this 10 unit apartment, 20 unit, and I want to make them all Airbnbs. I'm like, that's totally possible. Yeah. You make the rules. You've got the comp. If it's, you're just running a mini hotel at that point. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that's cool. What are some um, things people need to look out for with Airbnb that maybe aren't so apparent right away? I would avoid properties that are on main streets. Personally, I've had them before. I've owned property that were on a main street and we got a lot of complaints. Families didn't feel safe. Their kids playing outside when there's like a main street. Plus it's really noisy, a lot of dust. So I would avoid properties on main street. Personally, I don't think they're good to just holding your portfolio long-term anyway. So I tried to really stick to nice residential neighborhoods where it's just safe for the kids to play outside. And something that could be overlooked is having properties that are near a train track. (laughs) Really? Yeah. I mean, um, I've experienced this before where, you know, somebody checked into a property that we had that was near a train track and they were super tired. And all of a sudden you hear the train come (laughs) a couple of times a day, uh, which is just crazy, but it happens. So I would avoid properties like that. The other thing, especially on the arbitrage side, you got to make sure that the property is renovated because you're not going to renovate a property that you don't own. I don't feel like that that really makes sense, uh, especially like what if you do only have it for a year, right? You don't want to invest capital to something you're not going to own long term. So if you're in the arbitrage strategy, make sure the property's renovated. Super important. The other thing is, I believe that when people book Airbnbs, it's really for two reasons. One let's say you're hosting, you know, the um, future flipper mastermind and someone stays at an Airbnb only because it's close to the event. And the other reason is because they want to have an experience in the home without needing to leave the home, right? That's what I call like a staycation experience. That's why our properties actually did good during the pandemic because they had a lot of my prop, most of my properties, (laughs) all my properties actually have pools, balls, game rooms. (laughs) I like it. And so if you could do both where you're in a really good location and be able to create a staycation experience, those are the best types of Airbnbs. Yeah, no, hundred percent. What do um, you suggest these people do who are just trying to get started, right? Like how do they furnish it? How much should it cost? All that stuff. How do they go about it? So it's funny when you talk about balance transfers, because my last job was at B of A back in like 2008 and I was a mortgage banker. So I would help people with loans, purchases, refis, HELOCs. But when people wanted to apply for credit cards, uh, we'd always do these balance transfers, right? For anybody that doesn't know, that's where you transfer money from your credit card into your checking account, Mm -hmm. typically at 0% interest for 21 months. And I think that's a great way to leverage, you know, OPM, the bank's money, yep. to then pay for the first month deposit and even for the furniture and just take the cash flow from the Airbnb to pay off the credit card. And it's like you never had to use your own money. Yep. That's super powerful, right? This is truly how the wealthy operate. Like we still don't use our money, even though we have it, because you just can do infinite amount of projects. Right. Um, so I think that is something that people should look into. So if they can get a personal loan, a business loan, a balance transfer, private money, or bring in a capital partner. Right. No, I 100% agree. I think um, the balance transfer is a great tool. It's obviously how I got started flipping houses. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I, I recently, I mean, not recently, but I heard about it within the last year of a website called Plastic, which is really cool. Um, for those of you who don't know, I think it's spelled P L A S T I Q. 
um, plastic should also sponsor this podcast. They should. But um, essentially, they'll just give you cash for something. Like, so you just put your credit card in for whatever. It's 10 grand. They'll charge the credit card and then you can send cash to wherever. So it's crazy. Really? I'm going to look into that. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out. It'll Plastic. be a, yeah, cool. it's a great resource for students. Great resource for, I mean, house flippers too. If you got yeah. credit cards and you're like, man, I got to pay my contractors or, you know, I've got, um, I need some more cash for a down payment or something. And you've got a big line of credit. You can use plastic. They're going to charge you a fee. Right. But, but they give you the cash. Yeah. That's awesome. That's yep. legit. That's, that's awesome. I like, I like that. That'd be a, that's a great way to leverage credit cards. Oh, hundred percent. And I'm surprised it took this long for a company like that to come out because when I was first, you know, got into flipping houses, what I did was, you know, I, I ordered all these credit cards. I did a balance transfer on many of them, but there was like one that didn't have a balance transfer. It just wasn't a thing. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start a PayPal account and I'm just going to PayPal myself money. Like I'm just going to pay myself. And that was what I did. I didn't even know it was like against their terms. And then they flagged my account. They're like, dude, you can't pay yourself, you know, with funds. I'm like, what do you guys care? You made your freaking <laughs> like percent. Yeah. <laughs> but uh I got the money, but they they shut down the account. Wow. So, but plastic solves a lot of that. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. Anytime you could leverage money to do more deals, that's just great. Cause again, at some point, it doesn't matter what you're doing, right? Wholesaling, flipping. Airbnb, at some point you're going to run out of money and then you can't do deals anymore. So I believe everyone should really make an effort. Like how do I leverage other people's resources? Yeah, no, hundred percent. 